0: Hi. Hey. What up? Not much. I like your pants. Thank you. Very festive.
1: Yes, thank you. So, for those of you listening, uh, welcome back to Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Um, I'm Bart. I'm Sam. And we are super excited you guys decided to join us on our date night today. Welcome
0: back. Yeah. um, We are in the middle of our spooky season series. We
1: are, and in, you know, full fashion i don't you know to go the with spirit. the thing in the spirit sp- of it all yeah. yeah um we are drinking out of
0: jack and sally uh,
1: yep jack and sally mugs from nightmare before christmas we forgot to call that out our last couple of episodes we've drank out of those but mm-hmm. we forgot to for those of you that don't follow the instagram um i did post some pictures of them but we forgot Which to,
0: you should do people
1: yeah but we forgot to call them out on the show um, so, we've got our, our newish mugs that we're drinking out of. And I've also got some uh, Nightmare Before Christmas lounge pants on. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're supposed to glow in the dark.
0: They don't, though.
1: I don't think they do anymore. They did for a while, but mm-hmm. they, they kind of wore off.
0: We're also eating uh, pumpkin chocolate chip muffins. Yeah. So, we are all in the, oh, yeah. the spirit of things this week.
1: Definitely. Yeah, we're so. all about fall and spooky season and mm-hmm. the whole shebang.
0: So... This week's been trash, and that's putting it mildly. But I have discovered, I think, why Halloween is your favorite holiday. And why is that? And why Christmas is a close second.
1: And why do
0: you think that? So we talked on one of the previous episodes that it goes Halloween, Christmas, Thanksgiving, and then I can't remember the rest. But I think that's wrong. I think it's Halloween, Christmas, Easter, and then maybe Thanksgiving and your birthday. The reason why, one word, it's whimsy 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 to look at you you wouldn't be like a whimsical person but i have noticed that you really do enjoy like whimsical things and so i think that's what it is i think that's why the that ranks because halloween is like the most whimsical holiday christmas is the second most whimsical one and like magical you know and then it goes easter and then thanksgiving it's like okay it's thanksgiving but it's still got good food so that is my theory am i correct
1: yeah, yeah, I'd say that, that pretty much nails it on the head.
0: I know. So, and today's been a good day.
1: Today has been a good day. We... Um, like we said, this week, for those of you that know us, know that this week has been trash. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm excited to follow it up with a great date night. I've mm-hmm. mm-hmm. been a- looking forward to it to this episode. So those of you that have been following along know that we are in the middle of our spooky season series.
0: I'm excited.
1: Um, Our first one, we just kind of did a fall kickoff, um, general fall holidays and things like that. Um, Our last episode, we did witches and the Salem Witch Trials, and that one was a lot of fun.
0: I really liked researching that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, that one was really cool. Um, So today we're talking about... Uh, spooky creatures mm-hmm. um, everything
0: that's not witches well not yeah. everything
1: but most of most of everything else um werewolves <laughs> vampires zombies we'll be hitting in some of the, all of those things um so yeah that's going to be really cool um and to go along with the werewolf theme we've got a special coffee for you today um this is another one from Raven's Brew. Some of you may remember we did a Raven's Brew coffee mm-hmm. um, a few episodes back. Um, it was Dead Man's Reach. Mm-hmm. Um, this time we've got another one from Raven's Brew that I'm excited to share with you guys. This one is called Wicked Wolf. Um, it is a dark roast, but it is really flavorful. Mm-hmm. Um, it smells fantastic.
0: I gotta say, these pumpkin muffins are the best. Yeah. I did real good on these. Yes,
1: you did. Um, so, some of the flavor notes on this one, it says, intense, vibrant flavor in a balanced cup with a superb finished, Superlative after-meal coffee with awesome applications as accompaniment to chocolate desserts. Heck so, yeah. it works out perfectly that we have these pumpkin chocolate chip muffins to go along with our mm. um, Wicked Wolf coffee.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one thing I love about the Ravens Brew coffee, mm. and these are the only ones that I've had from them, but the artwork on their bag... It's stunning. Yeah, it's, it's amazing. Um... So, yeah, I encourage you all to check it out. I'll be posting a photo of the bag on our Instagram, so I encourage when you When the go. episode drops? Yeah. hmm Yeah, so go check that out. This one, it, it's just beautiful artwork on here.
0: Yeah, um, I, I mean, it's everywhere. It's not, because sometimes bags will have...
1: Yeah, it'll just be like a plainish bag with a little, label that's got like a, mm-hmm. a nice design. But this, the whole bag, has got like all this beautiful artwork all over the bag. Mm-hmm. Um... I'm excited to try some more Ravens Brew Coffee, I think, and see like what all they have to offer. Yeah. Uh, you can find it on Amazon. Uh, you can also visit their website. Let me double check um, what yeah. it's called. RavensBrewCoffee.com. Yeah, okay. That's what I thought. But
0: um, There's another like, Ravens Brew website for something. I don't remember what it is, but yeah, it's RavensBrewCoffee.com. com.
1: Yeah. Um, so again, this was Wicked Wolf by Ravens Brew Coffee. Uh, fantastic coffee. I encourage you, especially if you're a fan of dark roasts Mm -hmm. that are like complex. It's got a lot of different flavor profiles you can kind of pick out. Um,
0: I do like it actually. Um, and yeah, I'm a fan. You would probably like it if it were a little bit darker. I mean, uh, not darker.
1: Bolder. Bolder. Yeah. I would. Um, I feel like that opens it up a little bit more, but yeah, I can get some like chocolatey notes, Mm -hmm. a little smoky. Try it
0: with the with the
1: muffin. It's super yeah. good with the
0: muffin. All right, let me try that. Mhm. I like it. Also, like those pumpkin muffins are the easiest thing I've ever made. I've been doing a <laughs> lot of pumpkin baking.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Uh huh. Thanks to my friend Beth, she brought me. I. It's like I feel like there's a canned pumpkin shortage. It's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah, that goes great. Mhm. Because um, like
0: everywhere, everywhere I look, there's not any can of pumpkin but i i don't know if i told the story on the pod but like i ordered canned pumpkin puree just the plain pumpkin because you don't want to add like the sugar and the spice because i want to be able to do that myself yeah to control it and they gave me one of our grocery order pickup that gave me pumpkin pie filling which is not the same thing as pumpkin puree no definitely not (laughs) so Um, i've been looking for pumpkin puree everywhere and now we have some yes
1: been baking up a storm it's great um what do you think about this coffee? What would you give it?
0: Oh, um, yeah, that's what we're here for. Yeah. I would actually give this, I'd give it an eight. An eight? An eight.
1: Mm-hmm. High praise for a dark roast from mm-hmm. you. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, yeah. I'm, I mean,
0: that's as good as a 10 from somebody else. Like,
1: <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm pretty close. I, I just, yeah, probably an eight mm-hmm. and a half.
0: It's really good.
1: I would say eight and a half if I'd made it bold. Yeah. The way it is right now, this cup of coffee, I'd have to give us give it eight. Solid eight.
0: Bold. I wish there was a setting on the coffee maker, and we need to try to do we need to do this a few different ways because I I'm excited to try this on pour over. I want to yeah. try it pour over style. Yeah. Um, our ninja is really good. This is like hashtag not an ad, but like our ninja is very good, and I'm I like it a lot. Um, when it, the way that it makes it, cla- like I like the classic, and you like the bold. So I wish there was like a way to do it like, a little bit in between.
1: Mm. Well, um, to be honest, making it the bold mm-hmm. is doing it like pour over because it's the same. Just got that conical shape like a pour over maybe.
0: Mm-hmm. and the it, it's and a it, waterfall or like a rainfall yeah. top. So.
1: Um, um, so yeah, I mean, the Ninja Coffee Bar is like the closest that you can get to doing pour over without actually having to do, do
0: pour, pour over. over. Yeah. <laughs> um, I'd be cool. I'd be interested to try this in like cold brew too. Cause I bet the, I bet it would be really good. Cause yeah. I, I mean, it it's good now,
1: but super smooth. Mm hmm. So, um, forgot to introduce our concept. So, for those of you that are new listeners. Oh, yeah,
0: this is what we um, do here.
1: <laughs> yeah, so we try a coffee, a new coffee, at the beginning of each episode. We kind of give you our thoughts on it. Um, and then we talk about any kind of random topic that we want to. They're not always themed, although the last few episodes have been themed. Um, the coffees have been themed and paired with the um, episode topics themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't always happen. Um, here's
0: the thing we do whatever we want basically
1: pretty much (laughs) Um, so again let's we'll go ahead and move into our topic again today we're talking about spooky creatures Um, and this one I have a sneaking suspicion this one's going to be a lot of fun as well Mm -hmm. Um, because again this is just one of our favorite holidays and seasons Um, and this is part of the big reason of, of what makes the spooky season so fun
0: yeah Absolutely. So I got, let's,
1: let's talk about, what, what, what kind of creatures are we talking about okay, today? Okay, so today, specifically.
0: specifically, we are going to be talking about werewolves, zombies, vampires, and ghosts.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: So, and there's a lot, like, there are quite a few more, and like, you could get lost in all of those spooky creatures. If you watch yeah. Supernatural, you know there's a ton of them. Oh, yeah. But, <laughs> um, I got most of my information, actually, from History.com. So, like, it's I love it. It's awesome. Okay, so we're going to start with werewolves, um, and we're going to start with the history of it. So the first known example of a man-to-wolf transformation is found in the Epic of uh, Gilgamesh. Uh, It's a collection of tales around a Mesopotamian king. So... (laughs) Gilgamesh is like his jilted lover. He jilted up a p- potential lover because she had turned her previous mate into a wolf. And so he noped right on out of that relationship. He was like, oh, no, we're not, we're not going to have any of that. Um, sorry, Abby's eating plastic. I don't know what's wrong with our cats. But um, so that's kind of like the first recorded instance of where, you know, lycanthrope. Ly- Lycanism? Yes. Yeah. Ly- Lycanthropy. Lycanthropy. That's, yeah. Lycanthropy. That's it. Lycanthropy. That's it. Um, and then in 425 B.C., Greek historian Herodotus Herodas. How do I say this? Herodotus. Yes, Herodotus. Thank you.
1: Or Herodotus. Uh-huh.
0: Yeah. Described the Neru, which was a nomadic tribe of magical... Neri. Hmm. Neri. Neri. Oh. A, ma- ma- a nomadic tribe of magical men who changed into wolf shapes for several days of the year. The Neri were from Scythica?
1: Scythia. Scythia.
0: Scythia. Land that is now part of Russia. Using wolf skins for warmth is not outside the realm of possibility for inhabitants of such a harsh climate. Uh, This is likely the reason that he described their practice as transformation. Mm
1: -hmm. So likely these people, they thought they were turning into wolves, but most likely they were just using wolf skins Mm -hmm.
0: for warmth. Yeah. And And
1: coverings, possibly like costumes. mm
0: -hmm. Yeah, like for ritual practices. Also, I'm assuming that the men of this uh, group of people were not the most clean shaven bunch, you know? I mean, yeah. So <laughs> uh so they probably were also very like covered in hair. Uh let's see. The werewolf myth became integrated with the local history of a region in Greece called Arcadia. This one was really interesting. The legend goes that an Arcadian king by the name of Lycian tested Zeus's omniscience By serving Zeus the roasted flesh of Lycian's own son, in order to see whether Zeus was truly all-knowing. In return for these gruesome deeds, Zeus transformed King Lycian into a wolf and killed his offspring. This king, uh, King Lycian, also started a cult where Zeus was worshipped as as Lycian Zeus or Wolf Zeus. Um, I've never
1: heard of that before. Wolf Zeus? That's a thing.
0: Yeah. That yeah.
1: sounds awesome.
0: Absolutely. Honestly. The more I read on it, the more complex it got with this legend being a moral against warning, um, like warning against some of the really weird and freaky stuff that Ar- Arcadia was doing, like cannibalisms and like um, all this kind of stuff. So like there was a real, he was like a real mythological king kind of thing. Yeah. You know how it goes back well, to So the that day. was,
1: that was not necessarily just like a particular thing he did there where he served his own son to, to Zeus, but that was probably a common thing there in Arcadia where they would Consume other people.
0: Exactly, exactly. And so... A whole Hannibal thing going on. Yeah, this king was an actual king, and the legend goes that, like, he. so he started this thing, this Wolf Zeus thing, and it turned, over time, it turned into, oh, he's Wolf Zeus and, like, this wolf thing happened, and he, you know, all this stuff. And Hmm. it, yeah, so it's like myth, legend, very similar to how history goes. Uh, But yes, Arcadia was doing some freaky stuff at the time. Um, Werewolves also emerged in early Nordic folklore. The saga of the Volsungs Volsungs, tells the story of a father and son who discovered wolf pelts that had the power to turn people into wolves for 10 days. The father-son duo donned the pelts and transformed into wolves and went on a killing rampage in the forest. Their rampage ended when the father attacked his son, causing a lethal wound. The son only survived because a kind raven gave the father a leaf with healing powers.
1: Oh, well, how fitting that our coffee is Raven's
0: Coffee. I right? How cool. Didn't even do that on purpose. So, many so called werewolves from centuries ago were in fact serial killers. This got. This was so interesting. I hate to say that this was, like, super exciting to research, but this part was really fascinating. Um, So, France had its fair share of wolf-like serial killers. In 1521, Frenchmen Pierre Burgot and Michel, or Michael, Michel, uh, Verdun allegedly swore allegiance to the devil and claimed to have an ointment that turned them into wolves. After confessing to brutally murdering several children, they were both burned to death at the stake. And burning was thought to be one of the very few ways to kill a werewolf. So those are two people. Mm. Um, uh, I don't know if this is Giles or Giles. Giles. Yeah, Giles Garner. Garnier. Uh, Garnier. Probably. Oh yeah, that's pro. That's probably correct for French people. Garn Garner Garnier known as the werewolf of Dole, was another 16th century Frenchman whose claim to fame was also an ointment with wolf-morphing abilities.
1: So there seems to be something to this werewolf ointment. Yeah, right? I wonder where I where can find can some we, of that.
0: Where can we get our hands on that?
1: Yeah. <laughs> Sounds awesome.
0: Right? Ac- well, what you do with this ointment or after you've applied this ointment is not so awesome. But according to legend, as a were- or as a wolf, he viciously killed children and ate them. He, too, was burned to death at the stake for his monstrous crimes. So, apparently, this ointment turns you into wolf and you only kill
1: children. Well, they're the easiest prey.
0: That is true. Peter Stubb, a wealthy 15th century farmer in Bedberg, Germany, may be the most notorious werewolf of them all. According to folklore, he turned into a wolf-like creature at night and devoured many citizens of Bedberg, Peter was eventually blamed for the gruesome killings after being cornered by hunters who claimed they saw him shapeshift from a wolf into human form. He experienced it, uh, a grisly execution after confessing under torture to savagely killing animals, men, women, and children, and eating their remains. He also declared he owned an enchanted belt that gave him the power to transform into a wolf at will.
1: Now that's a that's a common thing I've heard. The belt? Yeah, the wolf belt. Um...
0: I've oh. heard of the the pelt, like, I've heard of that before because of that show you watch. But, like, um, yeah, I've heard of, that like, show. oh, what, what is it? Where they're in this house and they're in college and then, like, it's like a fraternity thing where, like, you're this or that.
1: Oh, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, The Order.
0: Yeah, that. Yeah,
1: Netflix Yeah,
0: they series. have pelts, right? That's what they... Yeah. Do. Yeah, okay. And then, like, it's, you turn into that wolf, like, if you wear that wolf's pelt or whatever and that's yeah. your alter ego and yeah. whatever. Yeah.
1: But I've heard of, the, of a belt where you actually, like, you put one on and you turn into it when you put it on.
0: That's weird. Yeah. I don't know many wolves who wear belts. Uh. <laughs> That's interesting. I hadn't heard of that. I've heard of the pelt, but not the, the belt. So, that was, that was interesting to me. Uh, some legends maintain werewolves shapeshift at will due to a curse. Others state they transform with the help of an enchanted sash or cloak made of a wolf pelt. So is the belt made of a wolf?
1: I think so.
0: Okay. All right. That makes sense. Um, Still, others claim people became wolves after being scratched or bit by a werewolf. Um, In many werewolf stories, a person only turns into a wolf when there's a full moon, and that theory may not be far-fetched. According to a study conducted in Australia's uh, Calvary Mater Newcastle Hospital, A full moon brings out the, quote, beast in many humans. The study found that of the 91 violent acute behavior incidents at the hospital between August 2008 and July 2009, 23% happened during a full moon.
1: Hmm.
0: I thought that's pretty, that's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And that's a pretty common thing. Like, a lot of people will talk about how, you know, like... Crazy stuff just happens during the full Full moon, moon, especially Mm -hmm. like, you know, when you're talking about like hospitals and things like that, like all the weird stuff just starts happening. Lots of
0: babies are born on full moon too. Like that's the thing. That's a real thing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure it is. So, I mean, a lot of it probably has to do with gravity and gravitational forces and stuff like that, like the way it affects the water.
0: What is it called? Ley lines or whatever that is, like magical ley lines and...
1: Well, no, I mean, (laughs) I'm talking about something like actually exists.
0: Um, it could exist you don't know
1: it could but that doesn't have anything to do with what i'm talking about <laughs> i know
0: so but yeah like that's interesting that there's some med some uh, scientific basis for um violent or like vicious behavior yeah so you ready you ready to hear some remedies for how to how to cure vamp no not vampirism uh
1: lycanthropy
0: lycanthropy yes so, in antiquity, the ancient Greeks and Romans believed in the power of exhaustion in uh, curing people of lycanthropy. The victim would be subjected to long periods of physical activity in the hope of being purged of the malady. Oh, okay. This practice stemmed from the fact that many alleged werewolves would be left feeling weak and debil- debilitated after committing an attack. So, it's like, we're just going to work it out of you.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Which is weird, but...
1: Yeah, I don't understand why they would come up with that, though, So. They're saying that they came up with this idea because they reportedly, the werewolves were tired after they attacked people, mm-hmm. but they still were werewolves later. Yeah. So like what made them think that that would work?
0: I don't know. Maybe it was like if they can exhaust them enough, like it'll prevent future episodes of being a werewolf. Yeah. I, don't I mean, know.
1: I, yeah. I Like that's. I don't know obviously why. Obviously what they were trying to do, but I just don't know why they would think that.
0: Yeah. Well, they also thought some pretty other weird stuff, too. Like, so. why
1: wouldn't, like... They also did bloodletting.
0: They also did bloodletting and, like, used leeches for medicinal, medicinal purposes, so...
1: Yeah.
0: I don't necessarily trust medieval doctors, but... <laughs> or antiquity. Uh, in medieval Europe, traditionally, there are three methods one can use to cure a victim of lycanthropy. Medicinally, usually uh, via the use of wolfsbane. Surgically... Or by exorcism. I don't want to know what they did surgically. I didn't look it up. I,
1: I do. Because I don't... Like,
0: I... Like, what do they remove?
1: I, yeah. I
0: don't know. I don't know. Mm-mm.
1: Maybe it's like a brain thing. Maybe Ooh, it's like a lobotomy.
0: Yeah. Yeah. They would be onto something, though, because like that in the... Yeah. That's strange. Um, so, however, many of the cures advocated by medieval uh, medical practitioners proved fatal to the patients. You God, think? yeah surgically removing what like that's yeah or um exorcism exorcisms apparently can get real violent yeah so um a sicilian belief um of arabic origin holds that a werewolf can be cured of its ailment by striking it on the forehead or scalp with a knife that's scary like i feel like that would cure not anybody really so
1: much as a cure as it is just a way to kill it <laughs>
0: yeah a beheading kind of Um, Another belief from the same culture involves the piercing of the werewolf's hands with nails. Sometimes less extreme methods were used. So it sounds like a crucifixion, essentially.
1: Yeah. I wonder if that's where the the process came from. Yeah. Thinking like, oh, you know, if we do what they did to Christ to this guy, then it'll heal him or something. Yeah.
0: Um, That that makes sense. Like, I can see that logic. Mm -hmm. Uh, In the German lowland of... uh, Let's see... Schleswig-Holstein a werewolf could be cured if one were to simply address it three times by its Christian name. While one Danish belief holds that merely scolding a werewolf will cure it. That's the cutest thing I've ever heard. Like
1: That <laughs> like, sounds like a Canadian.
0: <laughs> like addressing it by its Christian name, like John John. John like and then like just scolding it harshly like you do with a dog? Like really?
1: Yeah, <laughs> I'd be interested to see like how many, how many times does this actually work before. Yes.
0: So conversion to Christianity is also a very common method of ref- removing lycanthropy in the medieval period. A devotion to Saint Hubert has also been cited as both a cure for and protection uh, for lycanthropes. Okay. So you just need a little bit of Jesus. That
1: seems strange. Yeah. A devotion I mean, to the specific saint.
0: Yeah. But I get, like, because religion was huge, and, like, that was the answer to everything. Yeah. So, I, I get why that would be a, a cure. Before the end of the 19th century, the Greeks believed that the corpses of werewolves, if not destroyed, would return to life in the form of wolves or hyenas, which prowled, prowled battlefields drinking the blood of dying soldiers. In the same vein, in some rural areas of Germany, Poland, and northern France, it was once believed that people who died in in, in mortal sin came back to life as blood-drinking wolves. These, quote-unquote, undead werewolves would return to their human corpse form in daylight. Hmm. So that actually brings us to the next thing.
1: Yeah, that ties right into our it next.
0: It does! Next I saw future. that and I was like, oh, that's like a zombie. So, um... The ancient Greeks may have been the first civilization terrorized by a fear of the undead. Archaeologists have unearthed many ancient graves which contain skeletons pinned down by rocks and other heavy objects, assumedly um, to prevent the dead bodies from reanimating.
1: Interesting. So I... I never heard about that before. I was under the impression that zombies were a relatively new new idea, Mm -hmm. only, like, this century.
0: Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But... Well, I guess
1: the zombies that we think of today. Yeah. I guess, you know, just thinking of the...
0: Reanimation of corpses. That idea
1: has been around for a long time.
0: Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I, I can see that.
0: Yeah. But yeah, because like zombies got... Like, it's almost like... I think it's every couple of years there's a resurgent. And I had a college professor that talked to me about that one time. We were talking about how if you can get in on the next big thing, Mm. you'll be rich. Because there was vampires with like twilight and that like was huge and that's huge for a while and then with the walking dead it was zombies and all this kind of stuff so like if you can get in on the next wave of whatever then you'll be rich okay. um so it just kind of it's very cyclical but zombies are featured heavily or widely in haitian rural folklore as dead persons physically revived by the act of necromancy of a bokor or a sorcerer or witch. So the Bokor is opposed by the priest and priestess of the formal um, voodoo religion. So the Bokor is who raises this person. Okay. And then the, uh, is that houngan, Hyungan and Mambo. Heung-gan and Heung-gan. Mambo. So like the priest and the priestess uh, in the voodoo religion oppose the person, the bokor, who is performing necromancy. Yeah,
1: so a bokor is basically like a a black magic user Mm -hmm. in the voodoo culture. Yeah. Um, And necromancy being the specific act of raising the the dead.
0: Yeah, so a zombie remains under the control of the bokor as a personal slave having no will of its own.
1: Right, so that, technically, that would be um, considered what's called a thrall.
0: A thrall?
1: Yeah. What's the... That's a being that's like completely controlled by another...
0: Okay, got it, got it, got it. Um, the zombie belief has its roots in traditions brought to Haiti by enslaved Africans uh, and their subsequent experiences in the New World. It was thought that the voodoo deity Baron Semedi uh, would gather them from their grave to bring them to a heavenly afterlife in Africa.
1: That's probably Baron Samedi.
0: Oh Sametti. yes. Unless they had offended him in some way, in which case they would be forever a slave after death as a zombie. A zombie could also be saved by feeding them salt. English professor Amy Wilnitz has Willens hmm? has written that the modern concept of zombies was strongly influenced by Haitian slavery. Slave drivers on the plantations, who were usually slaves themselves and sometimes voodoo priests, used the fear of zombification to discourage slaves from committing suicide
1: right so, okay so that was probably a lot of it they were just trying to scare them to say like oh you know if you do that you're still going to be a slave forever for forever
0: and you're going to be undead yeah. yeah but like if you're good and you die like a natural death and all this kind of stuff you'll be revived but you'll go to heaven right so like zombie like zombification was a version of hell essentially um so this I found so cool. So this is like a scientific explanation for real, like zombieism. Okay. Okay, but it's not in humans, unfortunately. I mean, that sounded weird, but just <laughs> listen. Okay. So in the Brazilian jungle, at a height of just at a, uh, about ten inches off the ground, carpenter ants can be found with their jaws permanently locked on a leaf, frozen in a never-ending dance as an alien stalk grows through their head. These ants are the victims of zombie ant fungu- fungus. The fungus first enters an ant's bloodstream as a single cell, but those cells soon begin copying themselves and, importantly, building connections so that those individual cells can share nutrients. These can.
1: So it's kind of like cancer. Uh huh.
0: Uh huh. Uh, these connections set the um, the fungus apart from other fungi that simply kill off their host and eventually form networks that wrap around, around the ant's muscles. So this fungus doesn't kill them. It uses them.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah.
1: That's e- crazy.
0: Yeah. Either way, the ant is compelled to leave its colony and climb up a nearby plant to the precise height above the jungle floor where the humidity and temperature are optimal for the, jun- for the fungus to thrive.
1: Right.
0: The ant is then forced to bite into a leaf to maintain its position, never to move again. The fung- But the fungus isn't done yet. With its host in perfect position, the fungal passenger forms a stalk that breaks through the ant's head and produces spores that then rain down on the other ants below, grabbing more victims.
1: That's insane. How
0: cool is that? That is the coolest thing. I want to study these ants and find out if there's a human application for this because that is crazy.
1: Yeah. Like, oh man, that's,
0: could you imagine like, oh my gosh, plants are here to kill us. They really are. My, my allergies remind me of that every spring, (laughs) but how, how cool is that? That there's actually like a zombie fungus.
1: Yeah. That's, that's wild.
0: Mm -hmm. And I, I mean, obviously the ant would eventually die from like lack of food, you know, Yeah. or a stalk penetrating its brain. I don't know.
1: Yeah, you know, just whichever gets you first. <laughs> whichever
0: gets you first. But yeah, like this fungus makes the ant like do its bidding. Oh, that's so
1: cool. That's crazy. Mm hmm.
0: I, I thought that was so cool.
1: Okay. It just blows my mind though because that, I mean, it's obviously it's like a plant life, it's a spore or a fungus. So, mm-hmm. But it, it has this sentience to it because yep. it's different. Like most plants, like even like carnivorous plants, like Venus flytraps and stuff like that. I was actually looking at some today, yeah. and I was just thinking how weird it is that you would think that they're sentient, but they're really not. They're just, like, triggered by something, and then that closes it. Mm -hmm. So they're still not really, like, aware. Mm -hmm. But this fungus...
0: Seems and appears to be. Yeah,
1: there's this appearance of of a sentience Mm -hmm. there. Like, it's kind of aware because it's making the plant do, or the ant do things. It's
0: making the ant move and go somewhere. Yeah. Yeah.
1: That's just so insane to me. Yeah,
0: so, like, is this a fung- fungus or is this, like, an alien parasite? Yeah. That's here to kill us. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like, that. I didn't make that distinction when I first read about it, but you're right. And because can it be
1: modified? I wonder, to, like, take over larger...
0: We're going to have to wait a decade because 2020's had enough.
1: Eh, this is true.
0: Yeah, 2020's had enough. Like... If you're out there studying the zombie ant fungus, stop. stop.
1: Give it a couple of years.
0: Yeah, just let's let's put a pin in it, okay? Uh, we just, we don't have time for that. We're almost done. We're almost done with 2020, right? We, we hope. Yeah, we can we can I try.
1: Sh- <laughs> I love those memes where it shows, like, the <laughs> clock and the guy, and it says, like, 11.59 on... January 31st, 2020, and then it shows 1160. Like, it just keeps going. <laughs> oh,
0: it's <that's> torturous. <laughs> oh, gosh. Yeah, we're going to put a pin in the zombie ant fungus study for now. <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I always think, too, when we're talking about zombies, I always think about the, the bath salts guy.
0: <gasps> yes, I was going to include that in my notes, but I completely forgot about it. Yeah. Yes, so for those of you who don't know, there was a man, I believe it was in Florida, which
1: definitely was in Florida. Come
0: on. It was in Florida.
1: So some Florida man yes. was doing bath salts.
0: Yes. And then apparently
1: it, it drove him crazy and he... Was
0: walking down a highway naked.
1: Yeah. And he started attacking people and like eating them. Their, like
0: their faces. Biting
1: into their faces and like into their flesh.
0: Yeah. Hannibal style from whatever that was. The, the third one? Second one? Second one. Where he like bites the guard's nose off.
1: And where is his face? Uh, No, I think that's the first one.
0: Is it? Oh yeah, you may be right. Anyways. Of the anyways, there was a Florida man but, who yeah, went all zombie. Straight up
1: biting people's faces off. Mhm. Like on the middle of the interstate or something. Yeah.
0: Don't do drugs, kids. So dudes. crazy. Yeah. Like that's yeah.
1: Drugs are bad, okay? Yeah. Like.
0: <laughs> they make you they make you a zombie. That that I remember that news story and thinking that can't be real. Yeah. There's no way that can be real.
1: Yeah, and then bath salts blew up for a minute. Yes. And then everybody kind of quit talking about them.
0: I know, and bath salts were huge. Like whenever, because I was at the time when the news story broke, I was working in like recovery, and working at a recovery center, and so I was like, "There's no way, like, there's no way, like, this can't be real. Like, I've I've seen a lot and I've heard a lot, but this can't be real.
1: Super nuts." Anyways, let's move on to our next our next creature. Uh, what do we got coming next?
0: Vampires.
1: Oh yeah, I love vampires.
0: That's creepy. Um,
1: what? They're super. <laughs> vampires are awesome. Um, I always love like
0: when they're not killing you.
1: Yeah, I mean, granted, but I you did... do
0: have to invite them in, so that's good. Like, yeah, you they you can't just you know. I didn't.
1: I'm full, I I did watch the first Twilight. Well, most of the first Twilight. I don't even think I finished it. Yeah. I didn't watch any of the rest of them. But other than that, like I, I love vampire movies. Like, yeah. They're just so so cool.
0: I've heard the Twilight books are really good because you get a lot of backstory on people who aren't the main characters, and I've mm-hmm. from what I've read, the main characters kind of suck. Yeah. It's know. just kind of like these two lovesick people who are just real gross, but everybody else and like all the supporting characters are pretty awesome from what I understand. Don't know. I haven't read them. Anyways, ready?
1: Yeah.
0: Okay. So. We're going to talk about their characteristics first. Mm. So there are uh, almost as many different characteristics of vampires as there are vampire legends. But the main characteristic of vampires is that they drink human blood. Duh. Okay. They typically drain their victims' blood using their sharp fangs, killing them and turning them into va- other vampires. In general, vampires hunt at night since sunlight since sunlight weakens their powers. Except Blade, because he's a daywalker. Right. Um, some may have the ability to morph into a bat or a wolf. Vampire. a wolf
1: mm-hmm. oh, I've never heard of a vampire turning into a wolf
0: vampires have super strength and often have hypnotic sensual effects on their victims which I didn't understand that until college like with the same professor we were talking about like who was like oh get in on the next thing he was just like oh yeah you know what the big thing about vampires is right and I'm like no what?" he's like they're, they're sexy I'm like yeah. ew what gross no what are you talking about I was like I don't get that but apparently that's the thing Uh, they can't see their image in a mirror and they cast no shadows. So just have a mirror by your front door whenever you have guests and just like be like, excuse me. And just hold a mirror up, you know, just to make sure you have to pass the test before I invite you in. Uh, some people, uh, or people sometimes suspected vampirism when a cadaver did not look as they thought a normal corpse should look when disinterred Hmm. rates of decomposition vary depending on the temperature and soil composition, etc. This, le- this has led vampire hunters to mistakenly conclude that a dead body had not decomposed at all, or ironically, to interpret signs of decomposition as signs of continued life. So corpses swell as gases from decomposition accumulate in the torso. <clears throat> the increased pressure forces blood to ooze from the nose and mouth. This causes the body to look plump and well-fed. Changes that are all the more striking if the person was pale and thin in life.
1: Right. Uh, So this is probably where the idea, the entire idea started from was mm -hmm. this observation of bodies looking more plump and then bleeding out of their mouth. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay.
0: Exactly. Uh, There once was an old woman who whose exhumed corpse and her neighbor said that she looked more plump and healthy than she ever looked in life. (laughs) So they were like, oh my gosh, you look so great. <laughs> Don't ever say that about me when I die.
1: Ever. <laughs> you look so
0: great. That's such a lie. Um, so darkening of the skin is also caused by decomposition. Duh. Uh, the st- The staking of a swollen, de- blah, 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 sorry. a swollen decomposing body could cause the body to bleed and force the accumulated gases to escape the body. Which... This could cause a groan like sound when the gas is moved past the vocal cords or a sound like flatulence when they pass through the anus. So, if they look well fed and plump and they're like, oh no, it's still alive, kill it. And then they stake it and it's like, ooh, and it does, it releases. It makes a sound. sound. So
1: then it just kind of confirms their thought. It was was alive. alive, Yeah.
0: Um, After death, the skin and gums lose fluids and contract, exposing the roots of the hair, nails, and teeth, even teeth that were concealed in the jaw. This can produce the illusion that the hair, nails, and teeth have grown. At a certain stage, the nails fall off and the skin peels away. The dermis and nail beds emerging underneath were interpreted as new skin and new nails.
1: Okay. Yeah. So this, everything is just basically bases from the decomposition of a body and how it appears after it starts decomposing. Mm-hmm. They didn't really understand what was going
0: on. Exactly. Yeah.
1: Interesting. I've never heard that before.
0: Um, so it's thought, so down just some history, it's thought that Bram Stoker named Count Dracula after v- Vlad Dracula, also known as Vlad the Impaler. Vlad Dracula was born in Transylvania, Romania. He ruled um, Wallachia, We'll go with that. Wallachia, Romania, off and on from 1456 to 1462. Some historians describe him as a just and brutally cruel ruler who valiantly fought off the Ottoman Empire. He earned his nickname because his favorite way to kill his enemies was to impale them on a wooden stake. Right. According to legend, Vlad Dracula, or Vlad the Impaler, enjoyed dining amidst his dying victims and dipping his bread in their blood. Whether those gory tales are true is unknown. Many people believe these stories sparked Stoker's imagination to create Count Dracula, who is also from Transylvania, sucked his victim's blood, and could be killed by driving a stake through his heart.
1: Yeah. So, a little thing about that. Vlad the Impaler. They weren't, like, stakes like you see in Vampire movies. Mm -mm. They were, like...
0: They're what they have in London, where they would put people's like heads on spikes. They were like these huge.
1: They well, they were bigger than that usually. Yeah. I mean, they would be like.
0: I say have in London as if we saw beheaded people like in London. Four but you inch know what I mean.
1: posts or something like that. I mean, yeah. it'd be like a fence post that's sharpened, mm-hmm. and they would like place the bodies
0: on, on them. Yeah, a hundred percent.
1: Yeah, it was. It's crazy.
0: Mm-hmm. Um, and he would eat amongst them and just you know casually dip his bread in his victim's blood. That's how you get diseases. I wonder how old he was when he died. probably I don't not know. probably not very
1: well <laughs> if either. he was
0: if he was a vampire maybe yeah. maybe he's still alive. who knows
1: exactly. My uh, buddy um that I used to work with Jim oh know, yeah one of his he, he's an author, and uh, one of his books what's his pen name His pen name is Aiden James. yes um so I encourage you if you like supernatural thrillers. Uh, go check out some of his books, Aiden James. Um, I've been reading through uh, a series of his called the Judas Chronicles. Uh, one of oh, them does yeah. deal with, with Dracula, and it's pretty cool.
0: Yeah, yeah. There is also a story we don't. I didn't write it in my notes, but there's also a story of how Judas is the first vampire.
1: Yeah, I've heard that. That's that's a pretty common um, mm-hmm. belief
0: because uh, because he was a disciple. Um, hell didn't like want him essentially, and like. He couldn't go to heaven because he killed himself, and yeah. so like he like hell spit. He was cursed
1: to, to yeah. wander the earth,
0: and like that's where like silver myth comes from. Is because like yeah, the silver yeah, and then the uh, the wooden the stake is from pieces. like the yeah, yep yep yep. Okay, so I have a true story.
1: Okay, true
0: true ish story. Um, there's actually a lot of people who I I remember there was a story of a dude who either thought he was a vampire or a demon, and so he like would kill rabbits and drink their blood and like his house was really horrible and he killed a guy in his pool, in his like empty pool in the backyard, but I can't remember his name. Huh. But that's not what I'm gonna talk about. Um in Exeter, Rhode Island, several members of George Brown's family suffered a sequence of tuberculosis infections in the final two decades of the 19th century. Tuberculosis at this time was called com- consumption. And it was devastating and much feared disease. The mother, Mary Eliza, and the eldest daughter, Mary Olive, died first. In nineteen nope, in 1891, the daughter, Mercy, and the son, Edwin, also contracted the disease. Friends and neighbors of the family believed that one of the dead family members was a vampire, although they did not use that name. Uh, and that is what had caused Edwin's illness. This was in accordance with... Threads of contemporary folklore which linked multiple deaths in one family to undead activity. So they were like, one of you is like evil and cursed and that's why all y'all families died. Right. Yeah. Consumption was a poorly understood condition at the time and the subject of much superstition. George Brown was persuaded to give permission to exhume several bodies of his family members. The bodies of both Mary Eliza and Mary Olive exhibited expected levels of decomposition. So they were thought not to be the cause. However, the corpse of the daughter, Mercy, exhibited almost no signs of decomposition and still had blood in the heart. This was taken as a sign that the young woman was undead and an agent of, <clears throat> and the agent of young Edwin's condition. Her lack of decomposition was more likely due to her body being stored in freezer-like conditions in an above-ground crypt during the two months following her death. She was in, like, a slab of marble. Yeah. No wonder she was, like... She was in a freezer. Um, so as superstition dictated, Mercy's heart and liver were burned, and the ashes were mixed with water to create a tonic, and was given to the sick Edwin to drink, as an effort to resolve his illness and stop the influence of the undead. The young man, of course, died two months later. Oh, no way. Yeah. You drink the, like, you drink body the parts of... Organ the...
1: ashes of your dead sister. Yeah, of a... And that didn't make him better? Yeah. No way. Oh. Yeah.
0: So who, who could have known? Right. So yeah, that's probably unrelated. <laughs> no way to know. There's we can't tell. Um, so yeah, that's kind of like a, a truish story on vampirism. And like I said, there are plenty of people who think they're vampires, and they're like there was when Twilight came out, people were like biting each other and all that crazy stuff. So yeah, that's weird. Yeah.
1: Although there, I mean, there are some conditions where like people are.
0: Well, like there is like a mental health. Um, diagnosis of like lycanthropy where people think they're actual werewolves
1: yeah but there's like the same thing for like vampires Mm -hmm. and like some people are actually like so allergic and stuff to the sun like they're so sensitive to the sun like they can't go out in the sunlight Mm -hmm. um, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and stuff like that it burns yeah
0: yeah Um, you ready to move on to ghosts let's do it okay so in folklore a ghost sometimes known as an apparition haunt phantom poltergeist shade specter Spirit, spook, and wraith. Um, it's the soul or spirit of a dead person or animal that can appear to the living. In ghost lore, descriptions of ghosts wi- vi- w- vary widely from an invisible presence to translucent or barely visible wispy shapes to realistic and lifelike forms. Mm-hmm. The deliberate attempt to contact the spirit of a deceased person is known as necromancy, which we talked about before with zombies. Mm-hmm. Um or in spiritism, a seance. To the people of the ancient world, there was no doubt that the soul of a human being um, survived bodily death. Whatever an individual person's views were on the subject, culturally they were brought up with the understanding that the dead lived on in another form that still required some kind of sustenance in an afterlife that was largely dictated by several factors. The kind of life they have lived on earth, how their remains were disposed of after death, and or how they were remembered by the living. So this goes into what we we're talking about, uh, about Dia uh, de Muerta. Right. Um, where it's really important that you remember you're dead because they need, they need you to remember them. Right. So the details of the afterlife in different cultures varied, but the constants were <clears throat> that such a realm existed and it was governed by immutable laws And that the souls of the dead would remain there unless given license by the gods to return to the land of the living for some specific reason. Hmm. The appearance of ghosts of the departed, even those of loved ones, was rarely considered a welcome experience. The dead were supposed to remain in their own land and were not expected to cross back over to the world of the living. When such an event did occur, it was a sure sign that something was terribly wrong and that those who experienced a spiritual encounter were expected to take care of the problem in order for the ghost to return to its proper place. So if you see a ghost, it's your job to take care of whatever needs to be taken care of to get them back where they're supposed to be. Right. Is basically what they believed.
1: And so it's obviously like you see one, and that's only because something is obviously wrong. Wrong. Something is is, is going bad, and it's your job to fix it.
0: Yep. Absolutely. Because that's why they appear to you, because they need permission to come back, essentially, from this other realm. Right. Yeah.
1: So when a ghost shows up, it's because they're on the job.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is. Which. As we'll get into now, there are different types of ghosts, and you don't necessarily want them coming back. Right. So there is the interactive personality. So this is the most common of all ghosts spotted in, um, it's usually a deceased person, someone you know, a family member, or perhaps even a historical figure. These ghosts can be friendly or not, but often show themselves to others in a variety of ways. They can become visible, they can speak or make noises, touch you, or even emit an odor like perfume or cigar smoke to let you know that they're there.
1: Right. Okay.
0: So that's kind of like whenever you watch Ghost Adventures, and there's like, oh, there's a man, and he's in a uniform, and blah 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 blah, and I see this, I see that. That's the interactive personality. Um, so the ectoplasm or ecto mist. So if you've ever seen a mist or a fog that almost looks like it's swirling, then you may be witnessing what paranormal investigators deem as an ecto mist or ghostly mist. This vaporous cloud. Usually appears several feet off the ground and can move swiftly or simply stay still, almost like it's orbiting. So this is obviously less, I don't want to say less intelligent, but less intelligent. It's just kind of like... Less
1: defined. Less
0: defined. That's, yeah. that's more respectful. Um, so there's the poltergeist. The, perhaps one of the most popular terms uh, most of us have heard when it comes to ghosts. The word poltergeist actually means noisy ghost because it's said to have the ability to move or knock things over make noise and manipulate the physical environment
1: right yeah so a poltergeist is usually going to be more interactive with its environment and like throw things around and Mm -hmm. create a ruckus
0: exactly well many of us have heard the term before a poltergeist is actually one of the rarest forms of hauntings and to many the most terrifying loud knocking sounds lights turning on and off door slamming even fires breaking out mysteriously have all been attributed to this type of spiritual disturbance Another frightening aspect of the poltergeist is that um, the event usually starts out slowly and mildly, and then it begins to intensify.
1: Right.
0: So this is the kind you don't want. For
1: sure.
0: (laughs) Um, If for no other reason other than it's disruptive. Um, orbs are the next kind. Orbs are probably the most photographed type of anomaly. They appear as a transparent or translucent ball of light that is hovering over the ground. Many ghost hunters and guests on Ghosts and Gravestones are surprised to see them in their photos.
1: Right. And it's definitely not just a play of the lights. Right. A (laughs) hundred percent.
0: Never, ever, ever. Or Photoshop. Right. Because that's not possible. Um, it's believed that orbs are the soul of a human being or even an animal that has died and is traveling around from one place or another. I wasn't aware that animals had souls. I don't
1: know.
0: I feel like that's a hot... That, that may be... That's a kind of a hotly debated thing, I would assume. Um, and then there is... The last one is funnel ghosts. They're most often spotted in homes or old historical buildings. They funnel... The funnel ghost or vortex is frequently associated with a cold spot.
1: So is this like a little... Ghost tornado
0: that
1: goes around your house?
0: Ghost-nado. (laughs)
1: That sounds like a bad sci-fi movie.
0: (laughs) But I'm sure it's better than Sharknado. Um, They usually take the shape of a swirling funnel, and most paranormal experts believe that they are a loved one returning for a visit or even a former resident of the home. Okay. So, yes. So, ghost tornadoes. So, that's... That is what I got on spooky creatures.
1: That's awesome. That was definitely a lot of fun.
0: So... What do we think?
1: Um, like, like, what do they exist? I mean, Definitely.
0: Oh. <laughs> cool.
1: But yeah, no, that was that was that was cool. Um, a lot of interesting stuff there. I've always been a big fan of spooky creatures, especially like werewolves and vampires and stuff. So.
0: I do like the. Uh, um, I, now I say that I'm gonna forget the name. What's the movies where they're, they're they're. they're fighting each other and then there was a recent one yes oh yeah
1: underworld is awesome oh i love Um, it also a big fan of blade
0: oh i do like blade too Blade
1: movies yeah um yeah
0: the the x-files episode with the vampires was really cool though that one that one scared me as a kid but it was it's really good now that i'm an adult i don't remember what it was called but i don't know we should we should watch it i know we need to re-watch all the x-files
1: yeah.
0: But I did... This one was really interesting to research because I didn't realize... Like, there was a lot I didn't know. Um, and I just... It was it was hard to narrow things down. Right. Because there's just so much about every about every creature. So, I was a huge fan of ghost adventures. Growing up, now it's just kind of lame. But, like... Yeah. <laughs> but, no, I just... I think it's super interesting. I personally don't necessarily... I don't really believe in... And all of that stuff.
1: I believe in all of it. All of it? Yeah.
0: Cool. Well, what are you going to do to protect us from all of this stuff?
1: Nothing. I'm hoping we can see (laughs) them. No. Hoping to catch a glimpse of a werewolf prowling around. So... Set up some traps.
0: Set some traps? Yep. Cool i I am interested in like people who believe that they are a werewolf or a vampire or yeah it's pretty
1: that is interesting. It seems hilarious to me
0: like that is interesting to me and I wonder if there's gonna be people or if there are people who think that they're zombies think they're dead
1: yeah that's that that is a thing I have heard of that before
0: people who think that they're dead yeah hmm yeah, I think I remember like us talking a, about that. there's a different
1: thing. Like there's one that where pe- some like people just think that they are dead, mm-hmm. not necessarily zombies, but that just like they're not living anymore. Mm-hmm. And like some people like they think they're like a ghost and like that people can't see them or something. I don't, oh. I don't know. It's weird. Uh-huh. Um, but I think there are also some that are like they think that they're reanimated corpses. Oh dang! Yeah, I don't remember what that's it's called. That's so sad. It's a condition, but I don't remember what it's called.
0: Like, and Um, how sad is it, like, I don't know, like, that people think that they have to, like, drink blood. Like, is that really the only thing you eat? And you can never eat garlic. I don't know where the garlic thing came from, but, like, that's sad, too. It clearly
1: was not Italians that came up with this idea.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know, right? I'm clearly not a vampire because I eat garlic all the time. Yeah. I couldn't make it as a vampire. I would just... That's
1: pretty much it. That's... That's... I could not be a vampire because I like garlic too much.
0: I like and the sun, too. And that's pretty much it. I like the beach. The I couldn't cool. go to the beach.
1: The sun is cool, but I could do without
0: it. <laughs> no, you can't. We need vitamin D. You're gonna Not get if a, you're a vampire. You're going to get a vitamin D
1: deficiency. Not if I'm a vampire. That's true.
0: Mm-hmm. You can get
1: enough out of it from blood, I guess. Ew. That's gross. <laughs> no, thank you. But anyways, anyways. moving on. Uh, that was our episode on spooky creatures. Hope you guys enjoyed listening to it as much as we did talking about it. Yeah. Um so yeah, that one was a lot of fun. Again, our coffee today, uh Wicked Wolf by Ravensbrew Coffee. Go check them out. You can find them on you find it on Amazon. Or you can also visit their website, ravensbrewcoffee.com. Um, check out some of the cool stuff that guy, especially the artwork on there.
0: You can also get some Jack and Sally mugs from Amazon as well. Yep. Like ours. and would be cool. Yep. Um it is cute.
1: Yeah, they're they're pretty awesome.
0: Yeah, I like that yours has the Nightmare Before Christmas on written on it. I'm sad that mine doesn't have it.
1: Yeah, I don't know why it doesn't because they were from like the same.
0: Yeah, same store, same place.
1: Anyways, uh, but yeah, that's like, that's our episode. I like, um, hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, like, share, subscribe. You can find us comment. on all of the major platforms except um, Spotify. Except Spotify, mm-hmm. uh, mostly we're on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Tune et um, We're on thanks coffee. to our, our host, Podbean. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can always find us on Instagram at Date Night at the Coffee Shop. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any suggestions, you can DM us on Instagram. Um, you know, episode suggestions, coffee suggestions, criticisms. You can keep those to yourself. <laughs> um <laughs> But anything else you want to send to us, you can, um, again, DM us on Instagram or you can email us at uh, date shop at gmail.com. Mm-hmm. Um, we'd be happy to take a look at anything you guys got. Um, other than that, um, you know, thanks for following us. Thanks for keeping on going with us.
0: We're getting so many um, listeners, listeners from everywhere. I'm we are. So it was exciting. pretty
1: exciting. We started looking through... Our stats. Um, yeah, so we've got, like... Obviously, most of our listeners are from the United States.
0: We've got a few from Canada. How sweet. We do
1: have some from Canada. There's a couple from Canada. Um, France, Hungary, Indonesia, um, Iran, Japan, South Korea, and the Philippines. Um, Hi, guys. So hello. We, yes. Hello to our foreign listeners. Uh, that's pretty exciting. I
0: know, right?
1: Um, so I hope everybody continues to uh, listen to us. And share us with Although your it could just
0: people could it be just people in the military who are like stationed all over and like listening to us? Uh, I don't know. I don't know either. I doubt it. Who knows? But welcome um, either way, welcome. yeah We're glad you're here.
1: But so yeah, thanks guys so much. Um, until next time, we'll we'll still be f- uh, following up our we'll actually be finishing up our yes. spooky season series next episode. Um, we'll be, we'll be finishing be... up with just Halloween mm-hmm. um, and it'll be the day before Halloween on uh, October 30th when we release that one. so that one's gonna be fun looking forward to that one. Yes. Um, other than that, you guys have been great. Um, can... I had fun. Yeah, me too.
0: I needed this this week.
1: Yeah, me too. Um, until next time, see you guys.
0: Bye.